Hey everybody, welcome back to Finance in a Flash. On this episode, we begin our series on mid-career professionals and start with cash flow, budgeting, and savings. Why is cash flow so important? We talk about why budgeting is so very important, how both of those can impact your retirement plan now and even in the future. We also discuss savings, emergency funds, FDIC limits, and much more. Again, thanks for listening to Finance in a Flash. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Finance in a Flash. This episode, we welcome back Aaron Campbell. Aaron, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Good. It's been a while. Um, Chip's been on a lot. We've even had John and Stephanie on now. I think you've been, you hadn't been on the longest out of anyone. So I know, it's kind of weird. I enjoy doing it. So I don't know why I got pushed to the side. <laughs> Probably because Chip likes to talk a lot. Well, that and tax season and yeah. the never ending tax season. That's right. That's right. So we're bringing you back to talk about cash flow and budgeting on this podcast to continue our series on mid career professionals. And we talk about cash flow a lot internally, I know, and it's one of the most, if not the most important factor when considering saving for retirement, gearing up to retirement, or even in retirement, because that pretty much dictates what you can and can't do in life. And so I guess my question to you to start out is why is that so important and why does it dictate what you can and can't do? Well, cash flow is always the starting out point. That's the thing we start with with all of our new clients. It doesn't matter if they're a mid-career professional or a retiree, um, that's where we always start. And it's important to get an understanding of where the buckets of spending is going. You know, um, it, it's important because it, it also, it, it, it helps us to understand exactly how much money somebody's going to need to retire or if their money is going to last throughout retirement. Um, if you If you don't have a good handle on your spending, it can get messed up pretty fast. So it's always where we start. Yep. And so with that cash flow being where we start, we also kind of start around budgeting, right? Um, So how does that lead into budgeting? And then why is budgeting an important factor of of cash flow? Yeah. And I mean, I don't spend a ton of time wrapping people on the back of their hand to say you shouldn't be spending um, in these categories. Um, Everybody has the thing that they enjoy doing um, or the things that they deem important. And I think that that's important. So, you know, I always say, hey, you know, some people play golf every week. Other people buy only organic produce. Um, Everybody has their thing, but it just comes down to choices and understanding that those choices kind of play into exactly what your budget should be. Um, For every person, it's a little bit different. There's things that they deem worthy versus other people. And so uh, the big thing is, is to track it and to understand where it's going. Because a lot of times I will say that a lot of clients come in and they've never tracked it or they haven't in a very long Mm -hmm. time. And they don't even realize, oh my gosh, look at how much we spent on eating out or look at how much we spent on gas or whatever it was, you know, last month. I had no idea that stuff just starts to um, kind of add up over time. So I think it's just being aware. Yeah, because I, you know, when you ask anyone, you know, maybe you know, even us who, who work in it, how much do you spend a year? I don't think anyone's ever really overshot that, right? I mean, <laughs> that everyone, no, there's no way we spend a hundred thousand. There's no way we spend this and that. Well, why don't you have five hundred thousand dollars in your bank account then? Right. right? I mean, it's going somewhere. And yeah. so, like you said, it's no one until you really sit down and like 
track everything. No one understands like, you know, how much is going to this. And it's not bad to spend money. That's not what we're saying. No. But it's just important to know where that money's going and then how much of it you're spending versus how much you're saving. Right. And it's also because if we know what buckets it's going to, we know which ones will go away in the future, you know? So there's a lot of times, I mean, even in my own life, you know, daycare expenses happened. Well, those went away when my kids, you know, went to public school. Yeah. Uh, College is going to happen, but that doesn't, hopefully doesn't happen forever. Um, You know, there's other things, um, travel or um, even a lot of people spend a lot more money on, say, certain types of clothing and dry cleaning back when we were all, you know, going into the office, we were spending a lot more on that stuff or gas. um, And that stuff kind of tends to trickle down maybe in retirement. So there's just always changes. And so understanding where it's going can kind of help you maintain and understand, you know, for the future. Which is why it's important to constantly update the budget, right? I mean, you know, you may, like you said, you may have childcare, but then now you're in public school, you, you know, your kids go to public school, but then a few years after that, they may go to college and you have to, you know, transition again. And, you know, that's just one example, but it'd be, it could be because your kid takes up, you know, travel baseball. I mean, I played growing up. I know how much that costs. I mean, could be that you take up a hobby like fishing or golf, or you take an unexpected, you know, ten fifteen thousand dollar trip, and mm-hmm. but that kind of impacts everything. So it's not, you know, that's why we, you know, this is kind of going off off on tangent, but that's why we love the ongoing financial plan because your budget can change so yeah. much, and it has to be updated. And and a lot of our clients even worry about, oh, what about those one off expenses? Yeah. I need to redo my kitchen, or I need to get a new car, or whatever it is. Well, sometimes those actually don't impact the plan near as much as yeah. those ongoing every single month, you know, subscriptions or memberships or, you know, just the lifestyle that yeah. goes on and on and on forever. And so, you know, it does change and it does need to be updated and you've got to um, adjust the plan accordingly. Yeah. And that's a good point. You know, we've, uh, we've been in countless meetings. I've been in countless meetings, you know, in three years that I've been here. And I think, you know, client, a lot of clients always ask, you know, well, can you, can you add um, a $20,000 trip we're willing to take? Like, I'm really scared that's going to, like, derail. Or we need to buy a new car. I'm scared. That, and it never does, right? right. It's, it's all, it's all you know, if you look at your spending, like, oh, my gosh, if you guys save 1000 more a month for the next, you know, 20 years or 10000 more a year for the next 10, 15 years, you're going to have, you know, this much more at death or, you know, when you guys retire. So, you know, like you said, the, the ongoing monthly, yearly, kind of spending really dictates that. And it's not really the one-offs that I feel like everyone thinks that it is. Right. And, and those can be big amounts and you yeah. can save up for them short term. But um, yeah, it's all it's always the ongoing every single year stuff that will impact the plan. And so that's the lifestyle expenses is kind of how I see it. And so it, as long as you have your lifestyle in check and you're not spending more than you make, yeah. then um, you're probably on track. And and it's not just spending less than you make, but it's also putting money aside, yeah. um, which was kind of the point you were making earlier, yeah. I think. And so what, what are some, I guess, ways, you know, that people can maybe track their their budget or their spending? Let's say, you know, I well, I listen to this podcast. I really want to get serious about my budget, my spending, my saving. What are some, you know, just a few like logical steps someone could take? Yeah, there are online programs for sure that I've seen used where it kind of pulls in transactions from say your credit card or your checking account. 
Um, I know we have a tool like that here in the office that our clients have access to. Some people will go, uh, you know, and use Quicken or or one of those types of programs. Just they see that as being um, positive. I find those, unless you kind of have an accounting brain, to be a little harder. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the easiest one for a lot of people is just spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just an Excel spreadsheet and yeah. you just type it in there. And I mean, I know for me, like I, I use Mint sometimes, which mm-hmm. is an app that you can use on your phone. But even signing up for like, uh, I get alerts every time my debit or credit card's used. And so it's like, even when like something charges online, it's like, oh, I forgot about that. Or my yeah. gym membership goes through like, oh, I forgot about that. But that kind of like, cause I hate seeing that money go out. So <laughs> that kind of like trains me like, okay, I don't even like getting that text. So like, maybe I'm not going to do something here. I don't right. know. It's just things like that, that, you know, everyone's different. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So I guess in, in real quick, before we go on to, you know, we talk about savings well, I guess leading into savings, what is what is something that, what is a number people should be striving for? Like, you know, should it be, I want to save, you know, this amount of money a year, I want to save this percentage a year? Is there kind of like a rule of, of thumb that yeah. we go by? I mean, the rule of thumb, the bare minimum that we, we look for is that somebody should be saving at least 10% of you know, their income. Yeah. And so that's, that's a minimum. I think I would like to see more for a lot of people. So, yeah. you know, that could be your 401k plan. It could be your Roth IRAs. It could be your savings account. Um, yeah. It's not your savings account that you're immediately going to pull back. Yeah, out of. I was about to say, that's a good point. <laughs> saving 10% doesn't just mean the savings account that you have at your bank earning 0%. Like that can mean lots of things. Right. Yep. Um, and so now that we kind of have, you know, it could mean a lot of things, but right now we're going to, I guess, just talk about the emergency fund. Right. So, you know, I think that's kind of a buzzword that everyone talks about. You should have this much, you should have this much. How much should you have in your emergency fund? And I know you're going to say it depends, but <laughs> maybe what does it depend on? Yeah. So the emergency fund, after we kind of talk through a budget with somebody, that's the very next step. Yeah. And so it's really thinking about how much do I need to have set aside that's always available. Um, and, you know, when you first start out, you don't have anything usually yeah. in, a, in an emergency fund and you kind of have to build it up over time because the last thing you want to do is dip into credit cards yeah. or other things. So that's really the point. Um, we usually say three to six months of living expenses. Now yeah. that's different from three to six months of income. Exactly. And um, I think a lot of people think of it as three to six months of income, but yeah. You know, if you lose your job or something happens, you're not going to be going on those expensive golf trips or you're not going to be going out to expensive restaurants. But you're also not going to be paying income taxes exactly. or contributing to your 401k plan. So exactly, there's other yeah. things that go away too. So three to six months of living expenses. Um, I'll be on the low side for people who, you know, are dual income families. They have really secure jobs, that sort of thing. I'm going to be a little bit on the higher side for, say, a single income family. Um, or if their job is secure, not, not very secure, I guess. And then, you know, their health too can come into play. A lot of people, if they've got health issues or, um, other things going on, you may want to have a little bit more in savings. Another reason to have more in savings, rental properties. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, because no matter what, if you've got a rental property, if you're, if your renter leaves, you still got to pay that mortgage. You still have to pay the property taxes. So, you know, you might end up having a little bit more in savings. Um, There's no wrong answer. There's just kind of, in my mind, there's a minimum. And as long as, you know, my clients don't get below the minimum, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. And so where can we, so where does this emergency, where do these emergency funds go? Like this isn't, you know, three to six, you know, well, I have some in stocks or I have some 
here and there. Like this is like if I need it tomorrow, right? I can get it. Yeah, it's usually at the bank. It can yeah. be an online bank. Um, the big thing there is to pay attention to the interest rate. Um, mm-hmm. in today's yeah. market, it's, it's almost, zero. almost zero for everybody, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But um, I mean, the point of it is liquidity. It's not rate of return. So yeah. in some ways, I'm not that concerned about the fact that you know interest is ba- basically zero right now. Yeah. The point is just full-on liquidity and so I don't really want it you know in the stock market I don't really want it tied up in an IRA or anything like that that you can't get to yeah and so and to keep along you know with that most you know banks are have an FDIC limit of $250,000 a person and so this you know if something happens to the bank or something you know something happens to the money the federal you know the government ensures that up to $250,000 will be you know essentially you would be paid for right um and you know that's per person per type of account so you know let's say i have i can have two hundred fifty thousand dollars at one bank i can have 250k in you know just regular savings account 250k in an ira 250k in a joint account with somebody else and i could also have 250k in uh, a trust account and all all those are are you know covered yeah they would be insured and it's important to to know that because if you go above that or if you don't, you know, title your accounts right, let's say I have two savings accounts, you know, $200,000 in each, well, combined, only 250000 out of the four hundred is is, you know, safe. Yeah. So that's kind of important to figure out how you title accounts and where, what banks you put them in where because, you know, you could run into some trouble. Yeah. I mean, you don't see that very often, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah. But it is important to pay attention to that. We just don't want a situation where, you know, you thought you had an emergency fund and, and you're at that higher level and now, you know, you end up losing some money because a, a bank is insolvent. Um, it, it doesn't happen that yeah, often. Yeah, no, it goodness, doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it is something we do pay attention to when we think about the emergency fund. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point. Like, it's not like we see this all the time, hardly if ever, but we just... But it's I, happened before. Yeah, it's happened before, and that's enough for me. So, <laughs> um, and so, kind of, you know, lastly, moving away from that, um, maybe just talk about, you know, like cash flow kind of is the most important thing that impacts your retirement, mm-hmm. right? I mean, o- yeah. over anything. I mean, it's not how much you make a year. It's not how much you know how all these expensive vacations you go on, or like it, it's how much you spend. It's and, how much you spend, but it's also the the one thing that you can control. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think about that. They think, oh, if I just earn this rate of return or if, you know, my employer would just match me more money or give me more income or whatever, it's it's really just about what you can control. And so if you can get a handle on that, I yeah. mean, honestly, it's the baseline that makes everything else in your financial plan work. Yeah, exactly. And that's, again, that's a thing that you can control. Like mm-hmm. we can't control the markets. No. We can't control, you know, Sometimes how much, you know, if you get this huge bonus at the end of the year, sometimes, you know, we've seen that go away for clients. We've seen salaries fluctuate, but you can control how much you spend. Yeah. Um, and that's super impactful. So, you know, I think that's all we have, Aaron. If you have anything to close out, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 oh,